Butchers Dozen wasn't written in response to the shooting of the 13 dead in Derry. It was written in response to the report of the Widgery Tribunal. In Lord Widgery's cold putting aside of truth, with injustice literally wigged out as justice, it was evident to me that we were close to the evil real causes. Witnesses before Lord Widgery included people who had been present at the demonstration, ballistics and explosive experts, and the paratroopers who had done the actual shooting. In their case, with a dreadful comedy as they were bundled in and out of the building to give their orchestrated anonymous testimony. Their evidence wasn't fully reported in British newspapers at the time, but it was published in great detail in Ireland and accumulated into a clear indictment of the British troops and their officers. The tribunal, after a brief consideration, exonerated the troops, more or less, and managed to leave a suspicion of conspiracy and violence hanging over some of the victims. The tribunal's report was published for a few pence a copy. The evidence was published separately at more than a hundred pounds. The discrepancies between the evidence and the findings were not immediately obvious. Samuel Dash, a Philadelphia lawyer who came to international attention shortly afterwards during the Watergate investigations, reported in detail on the tribunal's performance for the International League for the Rights of Man in New York. In his opinion, an official inquiry which began with promise did not fulfill that promise. There remains the unfinished business to see that a full measure of justice is provided for those who are killed and wounded, as well as their families. Great Britain and the world cannot simply walk away from Bloody Sunday. But they did for many years. I was in Philadelphia on the first anniversary of Bloody Sunday. A local group picketed the BOAC office on Kennedy Boulevard, having failed to solve the problem of picketing the British consulate on the 15th floor of a nearby office block. The event was mentioned briefly on the radio with the explanation that on Bloody Sunday the previous year, a gun battle had broken out in Londonderry between the IRA and the British Army and the 13 IRA gunmen had been killed. It wasn't until the late 1980s, under relentless pressure, that the Widgery Report and the Tribunal were re-examined. The Savile Report was published in 2010, finding that the paratroops had lost control, fired on unarmed civilians and concocted lies to hide their acts. The English Prime Minister, David Cameron, made a public apology in the House of Commons. I couldn't write a poem like Butcher's Dozen more than once. The pressures were special, the insult strongly felt, and the timing vital if the response was to matter. The poem was finished, printed, and published within a week of the publication of the Widgery Report. Reaching for the nearest aid, I had found the Ashling form in the Nightmare Tribunal of Midnight Court. One changed one's standards, 
chose the doggerel route and charged. Butcher's Dozen. I went with anger at my heel through bogside of the bitter zeal, Jesus' pity on a day of cold and drizzle and decay. A month had passed, yet there remained a murder smell that stung and stained. On flats and alleys, over all, it hung, on battered roof and wall, on wreck and rubbish scattered thick, on sullen steps and pitted brick. And when I came where thirteen died, it shriveled up my heart. I sighed and looked about that brutal place of rage and terror and disgrace. Then my moistened lips grew dry. I had heard an answering sigh. There in a ghostly pool of blood, a crumpled phantom hugged the mud. Once there lived a hooligan, a pig came up and away he ran. Here lies one in blood and bones who lost his life for throwing stones. More voices rose. I turned and saw three corpses forming, red and raw, from dirt and stone. Each upturned face stared unseeing from its place. Behind this barrier, blighters three, we scrambled back and made to flee. The guns cried, stop, and here lie we. Then from left and right they came, more mangled corpses, bleeding, lame, holding their wounds. They chose their ground, ghost by ghost, without a sound, and one stepped forward, soiled and white. A bomber I, I travelled light, four pounds of nails and gelignite about my person, hid so well they seemed to vanish where I fell. When the bullets stopped my breath, a doctor sought the cause of death, he upped my shirt, undid my fly, twice he moved my limbs awry and noticed nothing. By and by, a soldier with his sharper eye beheld the four elusive rockets stuffed in my coat and trouser pockets. Yes, they must be strict with us, even in death so treacherous. He faded and another said, we three met close when we were dead. Into an armoured car they piled us where our mingled blood defiled us, certain, if not dead before, to suffocate upon the floor. Careful bullets in the back stopped our terrorist attack, and so three dangerous lives are done, judged, condemned, and shamed in one. That spectre faded in his turn, a harsher stirred, and spoke in scorn. The shame is theirs in word and deed, who prate of justice, practice greed, and act in ignorant fury. Then officers and gentlemen send to their courts for the Most High to tell us did we really die. Does it need recourse to law to tell 10,000 what they saw? The news is out, the troops were kind, impartial justice has to find we'd be alive and well today if we had let them have their way. But friend and stranger, bride and brother, son and sister, father, mother, all not blinded by your smoke, photographers who caught your stroke, the priests that blessed our bodies, spoke, 
and wagged our blood in the world's face. The truth will out to your disgrace. He flushed and faded, pale and grim, a joking spectre followed him. Take a bunch of stunted shoots, a tangle of transplanted roots, ropes and rifles, feathered nests, some dried colonial interests, a hard unnatural union grown in a bed of blood and bone, tongue of serpent, gut of hog, spiced with spleen of underdog, Stir in with oaths of loyalty, sectarian supremacy, and heat to make a proper botch in a bouillon of bitter scotch. Last, the choice ingredient, you. Now, to crown your Irish stew, boil it over, make a mess, a most imperial success. He capered weakly, racked with pain, his dead hair plastered in the rain. The group was silent once again. It seemed the moment to explain that sympathetic politicians say our violent traditions, backward looks and bitterness keep us in this dire distress. We must forget and look ahead, nurse the living, not the dead. My words died out, a phantom said, here lies one who breathed his last, firmly reminded of the past. A trooper did it on one knee in tones of brute authority. That harsher spirit, who before had flushed with anger, spoke once more. Simple lessons cut most deep, this lesson in our hearts we keep. You condescend to hear us speak only when we slap your cheek. And yet we lack the last technique. We rap for order with a gun, the issues simplify to one. Then your democracy insists you mustn't talk with terrorists. White and yellow, black and blue, have learned their history from you. Divide and ruin, muddle through. We speak in wounds, behold this mess, my curse upon your politesse. Another ghost stood forth and wet, dead lips that had not spoken yet. My curse on the cunning and the bland, on gentlemen who loot a land they do not care to understand who keep the natives on their paws with ready lash and rotten laws. Then, if the beasts erupt in rage, give them a slightly larger cage, and in scorn and fear combined, turn them against their own kind. The game runs out of room at last, a people rises from its past, the going gets unduly tough, and you have surely had enough. The time has come to yield your place with condescending show of grace, an empire builder handing on. We reap the ruin when you've gone, all your errors heaped behind you, promises that do not bind you, hopes in conflict, cramped commissions, fates exploited and traditions. Bloody sputum filled his throat. He stopped and coughed to clear it out and finished with his eyes aglow. You came, you saw, you conquered, so you gorged, and it was time to go. Good riddance, we'd forget, released, but for the rubbish of your feast, the slops and scraps that fell to earth and sprang to arms in dragon birth. Sashed and bowler-hatted, glum apprentices of fife and drum, High and dry, abandoned guards of dismal streets and empty yards, drilled at the code word, true religion, to strut and mutter like a pigeon, 
not an inch, up the queen, who use their walls like a latrine for scribbled magic. At their call, straight from the nearest music hall, Pope and devil intertwine. Two cardboard kings appear and join in one more battle by the boyne. Who could love them? God above. Yet pity is akin to love, the thirteenth corpse beside him said, smiling in its bloody head. And though there's reason for alarm in darkness and a lack of charm, their cursed plight calls out for patience. They, even they with other nations, have a place if we can find it. Love our changeling, guard and mind it. Doomed from birth, a cursed heir, theirs is the hardest lot to bear. Yet not impossible, I swear, if England would but clear the air and brood at home on her disgrace, everything to its own place. Face their walls of dole and fear and be of reasonable cheer. Good men every day inherit father's foulness with the spirit, purge the filth and do not stir it. Let them out, at least let in a breath or two of oxygen, so they may settle down for good and mix themselves in the common blood. We all are what we are, and that is mongrel pure. What nation's not where any stranger hung his hat and seized a lover where she sat? He ceased and faded. Zephyr blue and all the others faded too. I stood like a ghost. My fingers strayed along the fatal barricade. The gentle rainfall drifting down over Columkilla's town could not refresh, only distill in silent grief from hill to hill.